0: Welcome to the Hypecast. The Hypecast is brought to you by Before You Speak Coffee. Before You Speak Coffee is a performance-based coffee that we live on here at both Hype and athletic agencies. All natural ingredients, um, really, really great coffee with a whole heap of health benefits, couldn't speak highly enough about the team there and they're always keeping us fueled and ready to excel at everything that we do here. Today's guest is Shannon Brenton. Um, he's a good friend of mine and Miles. Um, basically, Shannon's one of the real OGs in the health and fitness industry, a naturopath and a dietitian that deals with both high-performance individuals but also people that are suffering from all different types of diseases and um, has a massive practice down in the central coast and we talked about all different types of things and the thing that I was probably most interested in with this topic of conversation was that Shannon recently packed his whole family up, left everything, so left his beautiful house, big business, all all of life's luxuries, packed everyone into basically a caravan and has been traveling for the better part of two years interviewing all different types of people including myself and a whole lot of great influencers, sports stars, and just let everything go. So it was a really cool conversation that I hope you guys enjoy. Um, I got quite a lot out of it, and me and Shannon continue to talk post it, that I definitely think there'll be a second conversation that'll be coming soon once he rounds this part of Australia again. So enjoy, and thanks for listening.
1: Oh, I get closer to the microphone we are we are okay <laughs> we're yeah. live sweet well, welcome that's how it works um, it's, just a, it's just a sneaky little, yeah, a little intro. record and
2: then we just get stuck into it yeah cool no my uh my podcast was yeah simply that just a way to travel uh not have to uh pay too much tax on the road and uh that's how it all started so no it's been good well, lots of good friends in the industry so it was really just a chance to get around and talk to some cool people and um Share some inspiration uh, through the stories and adversities and triumphs and tragedies of others, and uh, it's been really good. Lots of good episodes. People have liked it, um, you know. But I'm I'm a bit laxy daisy in, in how often I record, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of can't be bothered sometimes, you know. Just quality, quality over quantity. That's right, exactly.
0: Tell tell the listeners what's the actual podcast called? Give us a plug. The
2: podcast is called the Traveling Wellness Show. Awesome. The and, traveling world to show you. And
0: it's called that because the first time um, you told me you were coming up around this way of the coast, I was like, What are you doing? I th- obviously knew you were still running your clinic and your practice, and you're like, No, nah, I've got the family. And I thought you were coming up for a holiday. And then you pulled up with the caravan, the whole family was in there, and next thing I know, you're like, No, I'm just traveling Australia. And still are. And that would have been how many years ago? Uh,
2: not far from three now.
1: Three years
0: in yeah. the
2: road. Yeah. Ah, Come from our third year. Three kids, a wife, yeah, caravan, land cruiser,
1: that's it. This is classic. So it's, yeah. I've had the pleasure of like running into you a couple of times, but obviously your history with Cell goes way back. And before we had this little podcast this morning, I um just did one quick search on Google about you and all of this stuff come up and I was amazed. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are and for myself, give us a little bit of a background about about yourself professionally yeah absolutely yeah, go as so, far back as you want
2: well I'm a clinical nutritionist and naturopath I've uh, consulted full-time for 18 years now uh, like most clinicians I sat in a clinic for uh, 16 years or 15 and a half years before we started traveling so now I still do consults by Skype and by phone uh, but I don't serve anywhere near the amount of people that I did so I had you know a whole bunch of uh, health food stores but four health food stores we were part of the go Vita group back in the day and um we had clinics in the stores my wife's also a naturopath um and yeah i spent my time specializing in chronic disease and human performance uh, two very different yet kind of intriguingly uh inter-reactive places and um yeah i loved it i still love it so uh now yeah, life's changed a bit now though so yeah i sat in the clinic i had uh, my my place of premises was on the central coast of new south wales And uh, before we left, I had a uh, new facility built, which was cool. So we had a gym in there, an organic paleo cafe and um, seven um, multidisciplinary clinic rooms up there. So we had EP, um, myself, massage therapy, blah, blah, blah. And it ran really well, you know, and uh, we got to the, the point where the place was pumping. We'd made this decision to travel, which was a, uh, a, you know, we can get to there if you want why I did it, but um, I ended up subleasing the facility to a mate of mine, Scotty, who uh, now owns Body Movement, and uh, people can check out. He, he kills it down there now, which is cool, and uh, Scotty leased the place for me for 12 months. We thought we'd travel for 12 months, and uh, we got 12 months in and realised that we weren't coming back, and uh, so we went back down, I sold Scott the whole facility, and uh, he's, uh, he's Turned into a beast now, which that's is awesome. cool. So he's actually just bought the jeweler out next door, knocked the wall out, you know, you know, increased the size of the place. I Think he's putting a half pipe in there now. <laughs> it's a real trendy, cool training facility. So uh, yeah, look, it's, you know that's that's where it all finished. But yeah, life was um, you know quite uh, you know mundane you know for many many years, just working clinically, and uh, I I've been a, a formulator and um, been in manufacture of uh, sport nutrition and general health supplements for uh, ten or twelve years now. And uh, I had my own brand for seven or eight years, which was really a a selfish endeavor, In the fact that uh, I started uh, the brand at the time, which was PSC, no longer around. I started PSC at the time uh, simply to be able to offer my patient base what I wanted them to have. Mm-hmm. So I was sort of first to market with you know organic flavorings and no artificial sweeteners and things like that. There was nothing like that on the market at the time, so uh, I made it for myself. Uh, business went really well. Um, you know, we were you know, in a bunch of retail accounts and you know gyms and otherwise it was an online business. And uh, through there, I've um, um, we did proteins and amino acids and all the normal stuff. And uh, my prime project, which was a product called Cell Charge, which we uh, we, we still run now, just under private label. And so yeah, I live on the road now. I travel in a caravan. Um, I've been around Australia uh, once uh, over the last two and a half years. Just finished three and a half months down in Tassie, and uh, we've just been up to Brisbane. And Up to Cairns, sorry. And then uh, we did a uh, contract with uh, ASN for uh, my keto company. Mm-hmm. So I had to turn around and uh, hit every ASN store and nutrition warehouse who we're in as well and uh, hit all those accounts on the way down. So that's why I'm back here now where I really should be over in, probably
1: in broom or something by Classy. now. You know? One thing that you said um, in that intro was that you created this product selfishly because you wanted your clients to have the best ingredients that you could possibly Correct. produce yourself yeah so there's a little bit of an oxymoron there isn't it it's, you're creating it selfishly but it's almost you, you're doing this for others it was, which I think it was always for others that's amazing yeah it was always look you got to understand that you know, when you are specialising
2: in chronic disease if you've got a patient that comes in with say something like you know scleroderma or some sort of autoimmune condition mm-hmm. and this person also has an increased requirement for protein let's just say the last thing I want to do is go and stick a whole bunch of K and sucralose into them, you know, so uh, I, I struggled to give these people an option. Uh, at the time, the, uh, the, the pickings on the market were low, uh, you know, parallel import with American products was really just kicking in at the time, um, you know, internet, uh, was not what it is now, so people didn't have the options, and um, you know there was no iHerb.com then that you could <laughs> bring in something from the states. So there was a real you know sort of um, a disconnect between Australia and the rest of the world. So for me, it was just about you know finding the right rules, putting it into a tub, flavouring it appropriately, making it something that so it would be a pleasurable experience for people. But I also knew clinically that I wasn't taking away from their health. Mm, that's fucking fantastic. Yeah, that is cool.
0: That is cool. I mean, knowing. Being in the industry for a bit and then I found out about Shannon through through a friend and then I got into his products and I was already doing some different products at the time but instantly was gravitated towards his products. I actually gave you a whole when oh, I first yeah. met you guys some of his products oh, which awesome. was which was Cell Charge yep, which yep. is still a product that I take, yep. take today. I know that you're not doing it as mass as what you were before but... Well, it's about
2: to gain more
0: mass. <laughs> yeah, bringing it back.
2: <laughs> it now well, it now sits as a private product. Beforehand, yeah. it was a, a, a product under the PSC label. Um, yeah, and I got to the point, boys. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I lost some um, some interest in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, as the industry's grown, it's brought a lot of people into it. And you know, as as these things are, you get some amazing people, and you know, you get some people that are just there for profitability. Yep. And as a formulator as well, you know, I work for two different types of people. I work for the type of people who come to me and want a product um, built ground up that's amazing, you know, ticking all the right boxes. Mm -hmm. And then we start working backwards from pricing. So obviously it doesn't outcost the marketplace. And then you get the other people who come in and say, hey, I want a product. It has to recommend retail at this price. It must have a GP of this many percentage. And then of course you're working backwards as far as ingredient quality goes, which Mm -hmm. is not an uncommon um, statement in this industry. So you know, as times come on, there's been some really shit hot brands come out as well, and 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 started to replicate what I was doing uh, with the protein, for instance, and uh, that was my point to get out. You know, so for me, it was about just making sure the marketplace had the product. Uh, it didn't have to be under my brand. You know, so um, that's where PSC. I just collapsed it. Um, cell charge is nothing like it on the earth. Um, it's where my most uh, my my passion lies, and so that's why it's now a standalone product under its own label. It's
0: great product, and with just jumping back to obviously when you were acting as a physician, um, obviously really, really heavily involved in in formulations, your own brand, you had a lot on your plate. Um, I remember when we first caught up, you were under the pump with everything. You were seeing, I don't know, how many patients per week. Yeah, obviously, about 60 a week thereabouts. Yeah, yeah. so where at what point because this is where i became most interested with um you and your story at what point did you realize that something had to give where whether it be the supplements whether it be the the practice whether it be the cafes whether it be the podcast um obviously everyone has a tipping point and everyone's still ultimately trying to find that balance we all work obscene amount of hours we all have families kids friends um it's a a constant struggle you were the person I thought really really worked out what he wanted and how he was going to get there and took the steps to get there because most people don't I definitely know I haven't got it sorted out so when you did that and your thing was traveling with your family and I was I, I was really inspired by that and found great admiration and courage to put everything to the side massive office, massive premises, massive nice house. Um, what everyone usually is searching for, put that to the side and say, I'm gonna go traveling for one year, which led to two, which led to three. And probably as we can see, may just keep going. So where, where did that come through into your mind that I have to do this? Was it a burnout?
2: No, it wasn't. I'll start by saying I'm extremely entrepreneurial. Um, so it didn't come lightly. And uh, as it happens so often, it came through sickness, um, not mine, but my wife's, so um, the year before we left, uh, she wasn't well like at all, and she's a real robust chick, my wife, hard trainer, always in good shape. You know, We had three kids in three years that put fairly significant pressure on her body. Um, first baby was a, 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 an emergency caesarean, second two was Caesar, so she had multiple surgeries as well. And um, basically, uh, she was just not right, um, sick, febrile a lot, um, really unwell, uh, lost her vitality. We had bloods performed um, pretty much just by, uh, it was like last resort, like she wasn't picking up. They picked up, she had glandular fever. Um, with, uh, here we go, this, this is fun. I treated glandular fever. I had chronic fatigue syndrome for five years, from 19 to 24, and, and uh, post-viral syndrome is one of the things that I'm best at. And I just couldn't get it right, uh, which is an unusual, it's hard treating family because you miss things. Mm-hmm. Case taking's the uh, you know the biggest process in, in treating a person to sort of identify root cause and, and why someone's where they are. Anyway, uh, with her, she just wasn't picking up with the general treatment protocols that we would use for post-viral syndromes. And she kept getting worse and worse and worse, and I'm having to take more and more time off work, and you know, drop kids to school and daycare and all the normal stuff, uh, adjust my clinic hours because you know I couldn't work anymore from eight a.m. until six. I had to you know work from nine thirty once I'd done the school runs and knock off at three, so I could do the pickups and come home and cook and clean and everything else. Anyway, um, it just wasn't like her. We started getting worried, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone who was so robust. We've been together 21 years now. So I've been with Michelle since she was 18 years old. And um, we had more bloods done and they were in depth. And she came up with uh, Marcoplasma pneumonia, which is a largely antibiotic resistant form of pneumonia. Uh, the shit one, the one you don't want. So now she had one of the worst bacterial infections and one of the most painful post-viral infections all back to back. And it was a real hard year to sort of pull her back, to be honest with you, a really hard year. And it made us kind of, just as a couple, as a team, it made us, I guess, start to look at why we do what we do. Mm -hmm. And it was a tipping point for me because had you asked me for the the 20 years previous, why do you do what you do? uh, I would always answer straight away that my life was here and destined to help other people live happier, healthier existences. That's why I did what I did. But this made me really stand back and look at it and become realistic about the fact that, no, <laughs> that's how I earn my money and that's 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 my job and my career. But really why I do what I do is to provide a lifestyle for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. There wasn't much lifestyle at this point. That was 60-hour weeks, yeah, massive income, house on the beach, all the toys, it was you know it was good. But uh, I, we were just lacking some of that sort of clear definition around the value of the day-to-day and, and where we wanted to be. So um, yeah, we were on the Gold Coast. Surprisingly, where we sit, uh, we're down at Cool and gather up in Reflections, where we used to go and take ourselves once a year. We had this cracking day down at Snapper Rocks. It was beautiful. Michelle and I get into this big you know, fight about nothing. Uh, I still remember having a couple of Coronas on the deck, and she starts telling me how she doesn't want to be, you know, born and dead on the Central Coast, and and wanted to, you know, do something, have an experience, and. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm the practical male Virgo, you know, things, things were good. I didn't need to go anywhere, I was comfortable. I like where I lived, I got a good you know, support crew and, and network of friends down there. And uh, within seven weeks, um, I'd spent a quarter of a million dollars on a caravan and a new car and all the all shit you needed. And we, that was a seven month wait for the build for the caravan, so it took me seven months to just make sure that my business was going to mediate in a way that I could now turn it uh, into a, a life on the road. But boys, I'll be honest. I could have been picking fruit in four months. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So um, it wasn't something that um, was an easy decision. But I'll just sort of uh, digress for a moment. My uh, my my sort of business and very much life mentor, uh, Frank Caruso. You'd know mm-hmm. Frank, so yeah. So he has Caruso's uh, Natural Health. Very good man, and he's been on, on by my side for a very very long time now. Um, Frank uh, had a. He he gave me a bit of a a, a kick in the pants one day. I was down at Wetherill Park, down where his offices are, and we're having lunch. And he said to me, uh, he said, Shannon, it was funny because it was a reflective moment. We're having lunch. Um, I was looking one way. He was looking the other way, quite quiet. And he says to me, mate, you'll be three things in your life. And I said, oh, yeah, what's that, Frank? He said, you'll be a father, you'll be a husband, and you'll be a business owner. And I said, yeah, that's about right. I said, what's your point? He said, you'll only ever do two of them really well. And um, that was one of those statements that just sat with me, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm a reflective person to the point sometimes where I could uh, live too much in my own mind. And uh, that sat with me for a long time though. And um, I sort of uh, become quite sentimental about uh, how I live my life rather than why I live my life, and, uh, and stopped externalizing that to what that means uh, in my role in other people's lives, and looking, I guess, at where I am in just those, those three sort of pillars. I will start by saying, though, that Frank's an extremely good man in all those areas. So I don't necessarily think the statement's 100% completely true. However, uh, I'm surrounded by a lot of um, very successful people, if you look at money as success, and a lot of those men that I speak to, I'll often ask them, you know, what what, what would you do differently? You know, like seriously, like in you look back on your life, what are you pumped about? What would you do differently if had your time again? And I always get the same two answers. And those answers are, I wish I didn't work as much and I wish I spent more time with my kids when they were little, you know? So when I had this sickness then with Michelle and all this stuff's kind of cascading and I can feel Frank Caruso sort of in my heart, it was like, well, we need to do something different. Um, I'd always been the leader in our family it's just sort of my personality and it was just time for Michelle to lead so in honesty I trusted my wife you know I just let her lead was like well I've got nothing to lose you know we'll sublease the facility out we'll go away for 12 months Worst comes to worst, we come back we sell everything we move back into the house it is what it is you know so it was just a leap of faith and it was a difficult one because the first three or four months were fraught with difficulties you know it was a hard time a story I tell to people that ask about this is: I was surfing a point break on the east coast here, called Angarry I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys know Gary, yeah. but it's a uh, it's a well-known spot. Uh, I've surfed it a lot of times. It's always crowded. It's it's heavy with locals. Um, it's a hard spot to get good waves. I was surfing Gary on a Tuesday. It was like ten a.m. and the surf was pumping overhead barrels perfect It was mid-tide you know the the water was green there was turtles and dolphins and shit everywhere one of those like epic kind of you know earthing moments Mm -hmm. you know and uh, rather than me focusing on the fact that here I am you know um, rooting myself and into the earth and enjoying this experience and and you know enjoying the waves you know I was paddling out thinking what am I doing you know I should be at work I should be contributing I should be earning money and that's when I realized I had a bit of a problem, you know, and and this is a problem everyone has, I will say. I'm not Robinson Crusoe here. It was, it was one of those things that was repeated that I had this kind of dogma in my mind that my success was intertwined with my ability to make money, my ability to create. And uh, I'm sort of blessed with perspective with the work that I do working in chronic disease because you, you see people die regularly, you know. You see kids um, diagnosed with leukemia um you see people in wheelchairs you see people who you know just to be able to scratch your nose is a great big fucking feat for them Mm. and i think as people we lose a lot of respect for the simplicity in life and we lose uh, a little bit of uh, our ability to see things for what they are and so uh, i had to really start to come back to you know like what's life about you know Um, what is it to be human Mm -hmm. Uh, why are we here
1: and since your travels,
0: how's Michelle's health Great. been?
2: Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back to full, full stead training. Happy, good mum. Yeah,
0: partner with her at zoo on the weekend. She oh, Killed she, me. Killed no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. sorry. The health is definitely, definitely. You. She's a hard if, trainer. Yeah, yeah. If you told me, I didn't know that story. But if you had told me that she was mm. unwell. I wouldn't have believed you for a second after seeing her on the weekend. I can obviously relate to this
1: through Holly's experience. So my partner, Holly, is a beast. Mm. Um, If you looked at her, she looks so athletic, super, you know, a lot of muscle, a lot of muscle, um, super fit, um, super talented. But she's also suffered with a ton of of setbacks in her health and autoimmune diseases. She was... um, uh, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis or oh, juvenile, juvenile juvenile rheumatoid yeah. arthritis when she was young she probably went into a remission when she was about maybe four she got it back when she was 10 she went to remission again she got glandular fever at um, during university it kicked back in um, she's had you know so many issues and setbacks since then um, and a lot of it I felt was due to pressure and stress of of being at uni trying to be the best because she's she's really stubborn in, in her approach to, to being the best. Um, she was, you know, ducks at uni. She's just an all round, you know, success. Um, but she pushed her body to the limit so much so that obviously this, um, arthritis and all these autoimmune conditions started to, to come back into the forefront. Um, and then we just went through such a hard, period of probably 10 years where we were just going to specialist after specialist. Her health was deteriorating. Her mindset was the same. She was stubborn. She was trying to be the best and all of these sorts of things. Um, but her health was deteriorating at the same time. And we were going to all these specialist appointments and I am absolutely not, I'm not trained in, in, in health or, or science or anything like that, but it just didn't make logical sense. The, the kind of, um, advice that we were getting from a lot of these specialists and I feel like I'm a very logical thinker. And a lot of the time we'd leave these these special appointment appointments and I'd just be like, but that kind of just doesn't make sense <laughs> Pick, as a human being. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and we never ended up you know, solving a lot of these issues. And it got to the point where I was like, you're getting depressed. Um, you are suffering greatly. We actually need to just make a mental and an emotional change here. We need to change your environment. Hmm. We need to change what our goals are and things like that. And we started from the mind working together. We're super close. Um, It didn't separate us. It probably brought, brought us closer together. Um, And we just wanted to work on this together. So it's probably a similar situation to you guys. Mate, I
2: think you make a very important point. And for anyone listening who has suffered in their own life or seen other people suffer, um, you know, a trip to the rheumatologist or the immunologist, it would have been one of those two professions you saw. All of the above. It, It becomes demoralizing. And the reason it becomes demoralizing is that these people are trained to view the body in isolation. Yep, exactly correct. You can't view a body in isolation. No you know? one was
1: looking at holistically. Yeah. yeah. And, and
2: you know what? To their defence, it's not their job. Yep. You know, so uh, this is where everyone's just got to pull their heads out of their own arses uh, and we've all got to work together. You know, it's not me versus them, uh, which unfortunately it is sometimes. Uh, it's about looking at what, what does the person require. You know, you must take a, a, a holistic view, mm-hmm. you know, because we are holistic creatures yep. and that's, you know, that's, that's where, where it is, you know. And unless Holly's capable of taking responsibility for who and what she is, there's no pill, no
1: treatment, nothing that'll ever happen yep. that'll enable her to heal correct you know? we got to the point where we were literally just researching ourselves Holly yep. and I were at home I was literally in bed I can remember moments where we were just researching and I was like hang on I just mm. found something you get more information off Google now than <laughs> you're getting from your doctor absolutely yep. and we'd take that to the doctor and then they'd obviously you know piece the puzzle together but, but I lost so much faith in the, in the medical system. community yeah, yeah massively
0: Yep. is there an aspect of it with with your wife and you and everyone i i genuinely believe this that there's a level of if you're happy you're 99 of your way to fighting a lot of diseases or a lot of unhealth unhealthy issues like you were saying your wife probably was in a situation where it's taxing having kids she had three of them she had been constantly going through this thing um probably an internal battle like you said where she said she had be harboring something where she was saying, I don't want to start on the Central Coast and finish 100%. on the Central Coast. I want to go out and see the world mm. and experience this. And the moment she was able to do that, that freedom or something that was holding her, that anchor was released And then her health started improving. Do you find that with any... Yeah,
2: look, I I believe we all have a soul contract, you know. um, We're here to achieve happiness, of course. Um, You know, you, you, you broach on an important subject there, so really in many ways that... So many people always think that happiness comes as a destination, but uh, unfortunately, destination comes after the happiness most of the time. you know so I say to people all the time, "Get happy first, get happy now." you know like it doesn't, it doesn't happen you know when you get the new job it doesn't happen when you lose the 10 kilos, all those cliche things we know. Do you know what I mean but um, yeah, you're right, you know it's a very simple philosophy you bring up, but one hundred percent, you know, and, and people do not lead. Examined lives a lot of the time. People don't look back at themselves. People don't have that chance to uh, have that bird's eye view of their own world. People don't communicate enough with themselves. They don't listen enough to what we refer to as their as their emotional guidance system, that tells you whether or not you're resonating along the right path for you know what your body's wanting to achieve. You know, everyone wants to achieve happiness. You know. No one wants to come here and have a shit time, do they? You know, so we're all here to achieve things, to do things, to feel valued, to feel worth. And so, uh, you know, a lot of the time I think that people um, look to treat things uh, with the pills, with the potions, um, you know, they, they look for the next identifiable um you know, pathology or or, or tests that's required, you know, organic acid testings and, you know, this test and that test. And and I love tests, don't get me wrong. But a lot of the time I'll sit back with people and I'll say, you know, how do you feel? You know, okay, so that's great. So Holly is an example. Okay, Holly, so yep, you've had, you know, your whole life, you've been affected by juvenile arthritis, you've had post-viral syndrome, blah, blah, blah. You're a perfectionist. You're trying to get the most out of your life. That's fantastic. Let's just remove all that for a moment. Okay, let's just sit back from all that. And often get them to change position at this point. Let's just sit back, you know, let's just let's just be in our body for a moment. Let's get our communication back to what our body tells us. Bodies are very, very, very clever, you know, clever things. What's your body telling you? You know? And and often you're able to identify what's going on for the person just by allowing them to sit in that moment and be with their body in in quiet, you know, in silence. Because no one does it enough. You know so um, when you ask someone, you know, how do you feel and how's your life? And if it's rushed and it's stressed and it's, it's worried and it's apprehensive and it's you know harboring old, you know, resent and anger and <laughs> whatever else it might be, you can't be happy there, it doesn't happen there, you know. So sometimes the change in environment is important, sometimes the change in relationships is important, um, sometimes you know, it's difficult. Sometimes it does mean that you're in a a toxic environment for want of a better word, or you need to make a shift or, you know, you are in a job that in your heart of hearts, you know, is not where you're best served. And every day you go there, it's like prostitution. Matter of fact, it is prostitution. It's a prostitution of, you know, our subconscious archetype. It's that part of us that's just like, well, I go here for my grand a week, you know, and uh, we somehow sell it to ourselves that that's enough you know oh that, that's okay because I can then go to Thailand for two weeks with my buddies or whatever else it might be so you know I think a lot of the time we are going to look at the greater purpose you know and, and look at uh, you know a question that I ask people to ask regularly and I ask myself regularly you know is who am I where am I going you know what will that look and feel like and more importantly what will that feel like not what what it will look like so um you know i think that yeah happiness is a, a really important part and that when you get that right a lot of stuff just falls into place mm-hmm.
0: naturally
1: yeah. do you, so my concept of how this all works an uneducated concept is that if you harbor certain feelings your body will take on a certain effect. And this is, and I'm interested to hear your professional opinion on this. I've always, um, you know, talked to Cell, talked to Holly about someone that just says, I'm going to get cancer. And they've just got this, um, you know, thought in their head. It's manifested and they just keep saying, Oh, I'm going to get cancer. If I, you know, walk outside and breathe the air, I'm going to get cancer. If I drink this drink, it's got this certain ingredient on the label, it means I'll get cancer. And it basically manifests to the point where their body actually does create that response and cancers grow and things like that is that what's your professional opinion about my my thought process Well, it's, about it's
2: not so much a professional opinion it's just more my observation yep. uh, which i guess is a professional opinion in some ways but yeah that, that goes without saying in my mind like seriously for me that's just like one plus two equals three mm-hmm. you know um <clears throat> you know it might seem awkward for some people to hear but uh beliefs are very powerful things mm-hmm. you know thought creates belief belief creates attitude attitude creates behaviors behaviors create outcomes and actions you know so that's just that's just the way that is uh and you've you know you've got people out there very clever people um you know in the uh in the in that space it's a different space to what i'm trained in but you know i'm talking like you louise hayes who are now dead but uh carolyn miss people like that who have undoubtedly put um direct correlations between certain emotional states and uh, certain physiological outcomes Mm -hmm. Uh, I've found them to be true most of the time. Mm-hmm. Seriously, you know, and it's often I'll sit back with people. Now I, I, I'm a science-trained person, you know, so first and foremost, I'm there for physiological support for these people. But I can't tell you how many times I've sat back with a person, you know, with a, a certain complaint, and while I'm sitting there with them, I'm just sort of, you know, uh, looking at their mannerisms, their behaviours, um, the way they speak, um, what they say, the language they choose, etc. You're looking for fears, you're looking for these sorts of things and, uh, and it's not normally something that would happen on a first consultation because you don't want to uh, open people up too much that needs to be um, somewhat comfortable for them. And you're there to get them results. So they don't want to be head fucked. They just want to feel better. You know what I mean? So um, that's the way it will be. But as a relationship begins with these people, um, I'll start looking a little bit deeper at some of those things. And it's funny, um, sometimes I'll go to, you know, like Louise Hay's website, which is uh, the alchemy of healing, I think, off memory. And you can go through that um, A to Z and pick out any disease you want. And it will tell you right next to it what the emotional Mm -hmm. statement or emotional response is. And just for shits and giggles, because like I say, it's not my area of expertise, it's just my observation over time that I'll say to someone, look, I'm just going to read you a, a sentence here, a statement. And I want you just to close your eyes for a tick and, and I'm going to read it to you and I want you just to tell me how it sits. Okay, so it, 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 it just if it feels right, it feels right. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And, I, and I'll read them that statement. You know, it might be like what Louise Hay may say about you know, um, you know Hashimoto's disease or something as a for instance. Mm-hmm. And I'd say... 85 If not more Percent of the time They'll go Oh that's so that's that's that feels so right. You know, well, that's so true. Do you know what I mean like yeah I've <laughs> I haven't spoken to my sister for 15 years, you know, and and I get anxious at the thought of her every uh, every year when a birthday or christmas rolls around, I get butterflies and you know, I don't want to go to the events because she might be there and people they allow their lives to be governed around you know these these uh, what we call original wounds. And these wounds if not appropriately dealt with, um, they will manifest into things. There's no two way. And if not a physical thing, a great big fucking mental thing Mm -hmm. you know an emotional response that makes your life miserable and uh, robs you of joy Mm -hmm. so you know when you're robbed of joy it's only a matter of time until your body starts to throw physical things at you because physical things make you take responsibility Mm -hmm. it's as simple as that so you know I'll say to people regularly you know when they sit in front of me they've got this and that and this and that and this and that and I'll sit them back and I'll say are you sick of it yet? Mm -hmm. Is it enough yet? What do you mean? Well, you know, like you've been, you've lived with this for six or seven years. Are you, are you ready to take responsibility? Oh yeah, I am.
1: It's yeah. so powerful. It is because you know I
0: mean, I know you would see. The funny thing about it doesn't take away or negate the need for physical support. <laughs> yeah. I will say, sorry, sir. No, you're right. Uh, uh, the funny thing I'd say about your profession is you would see people at their absolute peak state, like. Um, you were down this morning in the ro- sporting world. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you were down this morning, rolling with us, and obviously there's some pretty, pretty good athletes that are there. You're, you yourself are a good athlete. I trained with you on the weekend as well. Um, so you're around some people in some pretty unique spaces where they're really at the top of their game, and the flip to that is you'll see some people that can barely get out of bed. So you see the full the full spectrum, and you would see the mentality of someone at their very best, you'd see the mentality of someone at their very worst. Sometimes I've been shocked by seeing people at their very worst, but having a mental state of someone you would assume is at their very best. And I've seen those people completely turn it around. They've just been hit with a bit of bad luck, whatever it may be. But I've seen them and I've heard what they've had to say. And I've gone, that person is going to get through this. One way or another, I don't know they've been told they may be terminally ill or whatever it is but i know that from what they've just said they're going to get through this the flip to that is i've seen someone that i've looked at them physically and gone that person is elite assuming haven't heard anything they said then they've said something i said that person is ready to get sick yeah so something is going to come over and just tip them over the edge i don't know what it's going to be but i can just tell by where their mental state is at that they're fragile they could easily break at any moment. And lo and behold, you're here in six months, a year, whatever it may be, person suffered this, or this has happened to them. And they're almost sitting there going, how could this be? Like I'm tip top shape, I train, I do this. And I'm like, I I saw that a mile away. Yeah, I'm sure you would see it a thousand times, a lot more than what someone like me would, I just randomly bump into people and see that happen.
2: Look, it's who you are now, is is who you were yesterday, you know? So a lot of the time, if you see someone in peak condition, uh, who's starting to show these signs, things going on, um, you know, you can can see the lack of comfort in their life or with what was happening with them, uh, aggressive moods or whatever that will flip you know if it's an acute issue it's just a normal response right you know but if it's something that you see as an on an ongoing you know saga well then yeah that will most definitely have a profound turnover into what they become you know in the period of time same thing you said before though about the person who's in really bad state that's just got a really you know good um, goal orientation and mentally strong and knows who they are and knows where they go and they can turn it around because once again there's a shift but if you were to ask that person you know where were you three to five years ago you might find it was a, a whole different Mm-hmm. whole different state you know so people that spend their time in you know in you talk elite athletes you know these people are very goal oriented people they're continually looking at what they want what they want next where they're going next how it's going to happen and they start to build strategy around that in order to make that happen they surround themselves with the people who've got the education the knowledge to make that happen they support themselves nutritionally mm-hmm. to make that happen they, they they tick boxes do you know what i mean um people who aren't doing that are often people who are sitting in uh, what we refer to as their lack and they spend too much of their time focusing on what they don't have and what isn't happening and and, and you know the things that um, aren't making their life amazing and blah, blah blah lacks a really awkward place to be it's miserable it's demoralizing but nothing changes in that state you know so for those people though the good thing is you can turn it around at any minute you know at any minute and uh, that's that's a lot of the time where you got to start with people and I'll say to people like what do you want what, you, what you're what you telling me is what you don't want. I don't want to be in pain, I don't want the inflamed knee, I don't want to be 15 overweight, okay, what do you want? Is there an attachment to that? And it's funny that a lot of the time, I'll, I'll just use obesity as a good example here. I'll, I'll have some people, and look, I, I've specialised in obesity for a very, very, very long time, and Many would assume that the, the, the outcome um, with obesity is based upon caloric response, you know, um, macro splitting, exercise, just the, the general. And that's, of course, you know, what your GP will tell you, just move more and eat less. But what a lot of people fail to see is that these people, they have no connection to the next phase. I had a woman probably six or seven years ago, it was quite profound, actually. She sit there telling me how miserable she is. She was a big girl. She was morbidly obese. And um, she will tell me how miserable she was and, and I've been everywhere and I've been referred to you because, you know, people said that, you know, you're the best at this and you're my last resort. I'm a lot of people's last resort. I'm okay with that, right? But she's, she was just fucking miserable. You know, I didn't even like being with her in truth. That, that changed. We developed a really strong bond. But I said to her after half an hour, I said, just tell me what you want. Just tell me what you want. I don't want to be fat. Now that's what you don't want. So just tell me what you do want. She actually couldn't frame it up, all right. She was so invested in her disease that she didn't even know. And and she had come to me wanting me to fail. You know, it was like I. I couldn't get results with him either. Would have been her thing, you know. So and I told her this. I'm very upfront with people, you know. I mean, I'm not going to be your next person that you know allows you to fail and just fuck it up again. So we're either going to strip this back and make it what it needs to be, or we're not, you know. So like, how invested are you? Anyway, uh, that appointment finished. This is an hour and she left and she still couldn't tell me what she wanted. I said, I want you back here in a week. I didn't even think I'd see her again. Anyway, she came back a week later. I was surprised and I thought, here we go. I always had a smile on my face because I knew I had a significant game to play with this lady. And we sat there stalemating each other for another 15 minutes. And I could just feel her uh, her anger building. She was getting pissed off that I just wasn't giving her the same that the last person had given her. She just wanted the calories. She wanted to know that she couldn't have this and couldn't have that. And she wanted to be told that she needed to move more. And, um, and I said, look, we'll get there. That's an important part. But I, I need you to be able to once again tell me you know, look, what, what is it you want. I need to know what I'm working towards because it's not going to be a number. Like you're 145 kegs now. She was around that. I said, I don't want you to tell me that you want to be 120 because you don't know that 120 is the right number for you, okay? I don't know that. We, we'll know that when we get there, okay? But let's not make this a number. I need to know what you want. And she keeps building and she, why do you need to know what I want? Do you know? Why do you need to know what I want? And, uh, and, and it just gets building and building and building. And in the end, she goes, you know what I want? She goes, I want to fucking walk out. I was in a shopping center. I had a clinic in a shopping center. She said, I want to walk out of that fucking shopping center and I want to be able to buy something off the rack. right? Now, this was a significant statement for this chick, right? This is the sort of woman who would probably, she would have had to buy things online. She would have had to go to specific stores that catered to her size. And, um... She was so irate. She was red at this point, you know? And I said, okay, that's fine. I said, do me a favor, just sit back and relax. I said, let's work with this. I said, just tell me how it would feel if, if we could walk out of that shopping center right now and I could take you to you know, bras and things, for instance, mm-hmm. and you could go and buy a bra off the rack that fits you, that gives you a level of comfort and support you're after, that doesn't dig in under your boobs and make you feel miserable. And you could go into a dress shop next door then and just buy a dress off the shelf that makes you feel pretty, that makes you feel happy, that makes you feel, you know, part, part of the world. Is that what you're after? Would that feel good? You know, and of course she bursts into tears right now. And then I had her. Now we had something. Now we had something to work with, you know. And it was funny that um, it was about seven months later, um, we'd had a very strong bond at this point. I was seeing her fortnightly. And we achieved that goal and I took her shopping on that appointment and we did that. And it was, that was a, I get goosebumps thinking about it. It was a big moment. Do you know what I mean? Um, she was free and she was still, I'll have you know, about 110 kilos. <laughs> All right. It wasn't about the weight yeah. and she didn't even know what she wanted. So when you start talking about happiness, self, that was an example that for this chick at 110, still obese, still a shitload of work to do, she'd achieved the goal. And that was the, that was the thing.
0: Do you find that perplexing that, I don't know how old that lady was, but I've got a lot of friends, um, myself included, and heaps of people that I look for look to in life that you can be born, go to school, possibly do a trade, go to uni, start a career, keep doing all these things, have kids, marry. Pay go, tax, pay, die. Do, do <laughs> this whole thing and then at some stage sit down and go like this lady and not know what it is that you actually want yeah but like that that to me I feel is, like that's the majority that's but that's what i mean it, it, it is the majority it's saddening isn't yeah, it? it it's when, when you really think about it and if you if you guys sat down and thought and this is listeners included if you really sat down and thought how many people actually know what it is that makes them happy on a daily basis and you think that the majority don't know that's That's concerning. We're born into a system. Yeah.
2: It is concerning, but think about the opportunity which now exists for your listeners. And I get excited by it. I I, I feel your concern completely. But for me, I'm like, fuck yeah. Like, that's fist pump shit. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind of stuff that you can change the direction of your life in a fragment just by being able to go, fuck. Someone might be listening to this right now, sitting at a set of lights on the way to work, whatever, and go... That was it. That was the aha moment, you know, that that changes everything for them. And that was the, the thing for me with, with my travels. If we bring it back to my travels, I was spending 60 hours a week earning a massive income and, and, and doing a job I loved. Don't get me wrong, I did love it, right? But it wasn't until I... I walked away. Frank Caruso said to me, he said, Shannon, you've got more knowledge in your little pinky than I do. You know, this is a dude, you know, he's got the second fastest growing health company in Australia, second to Blackmore's, you know. He said, you've got more knowledge in your pinky than I've got. He said, but you're not going to be what you need to be for the world until you nail that fucking clinic door shut. It's exact words. He said, you're wasted in clinic. Do you know what I mean? And um, it wasn't until I actually left that practice and got out on the road and I opened myself up 60 hours a week you know I mean? or I consulted maybe 5 or 6 but I then had you know, 40, 50 hours a week that I could fill in and that fill in that, that's what that, that took some time you know? it took me 3 or 4 months but fill in it did you know? and really my big thing, what I got really strong with was what I wanted and what I wanted seems a, a, probably a bit like a pipe dream for, for most people but I'm going to say it anyway, what I wanted was I wanted money and time I value time more than I value money these days, oh, yeah. but I realized that all the money that I made and all the assets that I had and, and, and all that cool shit, it meant fucking nothing when I had no time to spend it, had no time to enjoy it. You know, um, if I don't get to go to the Easter hat parade at school and see my kid, you know, run around with the hat that I'd help make, what was the point of it all, do you know? So my big thing has been that I want the money and the time I need mm-hmm. to manifest what I'm after, do you know? And I realized that uh, you know, the, the one without the other, they're, they're really useless. Time without money is of no good and money without times of no good. So I've really sort of gone out with that mindset and it seems big and it seems almost a little bit impractical to most that, you know, I, I, want, the, I want the money again. I want to get back to, to what I had, but I don't want it without time. Mm-hmm. You know, so, um, you know, those little creatures like, you know, little Kingston for you, three weeks old now and, <laughs> you know, your job, mate, is to to mould his life, you know, it's to, to lead and support him and to allow him to, um, you know, um, suck the marrow from life and enjoy it and deal with the shit we deal with these days with social media and online bullying and all the crap that it is, you know, and having a dad working 100 hours a week doesn't help, you know, when your, your son Puts a noose in his neck at 17, you know? So uh, I think that you've, you've got, people have got to look bigger, you know? Playing a small game is, is playing a small head game, you know? So asking those bigger questions and just looking at the, at the, 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 the greater opportunity in it all, I think, is where the, uh, where the fruition comes.
1: Where do people start with this? Where do people find their why? Or their happiness, or their what do I want in life? How do you advise people to find those? Well, answers? the problem
2: the problem is most people start with the with the why, yeah. you know, and, and the why's become very trendy and cool. It has, do you know, what I mean, like yeah. why why do you do what you do? And I think that yeah, you know, that that's that's all right, you know, but uh, I think that that's it, it. lacks in vision in 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 some way, and the reason why it lacks in vision is most people don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. How they're going to make the why happen? So the minute you create, oh, you know, this is why it is what it is. The first thing they're going to think is, yeah, but how and what do I have to do to make that happen? <laughs> and if they can't fill that in because that hasn't been presented to them yet, then the self-doubt starts to come, and we run down that that process. So for me, it's more so, you know, what? Believe it or not, what's the first question I ask? What is it that I want? You know, um, what is it that I? What do I feel? What is it I want to be doing? You know, um, where is it that I want to be? How's that going to feel? And then I start to go to the, you know, why am I doing that? Mm-hmm. Um, how, what, why aren't you know, I'm always, you know, the crux to getting all happening. But I think that a lot of people are going to be able to sit back, like I said, and critically observe. Where they are now, you know, and you know what? I I hope that most people listening now go, you know what? I'm in a good place. You know, I've got an amazing marriage, or a good boyfriend or girlfriend, or whatever it might be, or I'm happy being alone at the moment. I'm getting time to work on me. You know, like every every spot you're in in your life can be a really opportune position. You know, Um, being single can be amazing because you've got no one else to focus your energy on but you. So if you need to heal, well, how good for you? You know, it's a really nice place. I did a consultation lady yesterday, actually, and. She was really down on herself because, you know, uh, her husband cheated on her three years ago and she's in this shit spot in her mind and all the rest. And I said, well, how nice... Right now, you don't need to nurture anyone anymore. She's a 55-year-old woman that spent the last 15, 17 years nurturing her husband, nurturing her two kids, and now she can turn that into self-nurture and start to work out what's this next phase going look like for me. That's a uh, uh, um, an unusual place for a lot of women, you know. So, and, and there's a little bit of guilt and shame that gets attached to putting energy into me. So, the first thing I say to people is, you know, that, you, and I say it all the time: if you'd spend more time working on you. I wouldn't have to do as much. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, for me, it's about getting selfing. It's not selfish, it's selfing. It's like, let's start working on, on, on me. Where do I sit? Where am I at? How's that working for me now? And taking responsibility for the fact that you are where you are right now because of the choices you've made and the things you've done to this point. But you're not you're not identified by it. Mm-hmm. Do you know, it can change in a heartbeat. You know, I was working a 60-hour week three years ago and now I travel Australia full-time in a caravan. Who'd have thunk?
1: (laughs) I think it's amazing because what you're essentially talking about is self-awareness and we're talking about the whys and you're saying, yeah, this is a hot topic. And to be honest, self-awareness has become a real trendy topic Mm. to talk about as well. And for good reason. Everyone's starting to stop in their tracks and wonder, hey, like, what do I actually want? Just like you're saying, and I'm not really actually happy. So... All of these things that you're saying, and I really hope that our listeners are picking up on all the points that you're dropping right now, are talking about how to find your self-awareness and all of those things. I actually wrote down um, a quote um, when I was listening to another podcast. I actually think it was like a Gary Vee podcast, and he said something that really hit me. Mm. And he said the words, that people are spending more time updating their phones than their minds. Mm. The hardest? Did you get that one yeah. too? Yeah. How yeah. good was it? That was it. Yeah. it, it it's so that had a kick in the ass. It, it is, and the problem is, I've got heaps of friends who are just sitting there on their phone, and they're spending all of their spare time, yeah. um, you know, on on social apps and all of these sorts of things. When they could be spending their time learning things, listening to podcasts like this. Yeah. I mean, when I have any spare time, I know Cell's the same on his Sunday afternoon when the kids are asleep all these sorts of things boom he'll put on a podcast like i would and i'll try and learn and absorb as much as i can Mm -hmm. but i know that i want to learn and i know that i want to build my mind and continue to to grow my mind and my self-awareness yeah but but what's the give what's what's the give for these people who are more concerned about looking at what their friends are doing on social media and not making that switch
0: one, one thing I do know, similar to that Gary Vee podcast, I also was listening to Jay Shetty and he he made a really, really good point that subconsciously maybe all three of us or people we know that are successful naturally do. But one thing he really pointed out very well is that the mind cannot manifest what it doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So by you listening to a Gary Vee podcast or me listening to Jay Shetty or you hanging around Frank you're naturally drawn into their world. So these are successful people. These Mm -hmm. are people that are happy. These are people that are doing really good things, which is why I just think podcasts are so good that you're getting to directly listen to and experience what someone is at an umpteenth level is going through and they're saying these things. And you you can almost resonate with Gary Vee saying that. So all of a sudden I think, well, if I'm now experiencing what that person is saying and I'm understanding it, I can imagine it mm-hmm. and if I can imagine it, I can manifest it versus if you're just sitting there not listening to anything, not taking in any knowledge, not hanging around people that can pass on knowledge, how can you possibly imagine what it is to take the next step? And mm-hmm. if you if, if you cannot imagine it, there is no way physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually you can possibly get there because you can't see it, which such a good point and a lot, of, a lot of
1: people self sabotage in that position too because they might be around good people who are listening to you know they're all, they're updating their mind constantly and and doing great things in life and then they look at those people and instead of drawing in that positive okay. energy they go i'm not good enough or yeah and then yeah. And they basically turn the other direction you can
0: do the opposite yeah. you you can you can block it which it's a foreign concept, but yes, that, that It's is a, a foreign concept yeah. to us. Yeah. It's definitely happening out there.
2: Yeah. It is. A tr- that's the true essence of success psychology. Mm-hmm. Really, do you know what I mean? Like find someone who's done it or is doing it, and, and you know, follow them. But the big problem I find with a lot of these things you're talking about, people get too in their head. You know, being too in your head's a real problem. Uh, and as the saying goes, to know but not to do is not to know. So uh, all, the, all the philosophy and all the following of people in the world does fuck all unless you can apply. That's what Frank's always said about me. Mate, I, love, I love working with you. I love having you in my life because you fucking do it. Do you know what I mean? Like you'll to say to me, right, now do that, that and that and I've got it done by 3.30, yeah. you know? Um, but the, the big thing a lot of people when you start looking at, you know, just tr- happiness is the, you know, the key to life is that they externalize too much of their happiness to others. And um, they, they start looking at their ability to be happy and content and complete in their life based upon, you know, who and where and what they are to others. Yeah. And that's ego, mm-hmm. you know. That's all, that's all about, you know, uh, and ego purification is, is the way we evolve as people. So when you start talking about, you know, like people are like, they're, um, you know, uploading their, what you say, like your phones, not your minds, yep. what'd you say?
1: Correct. Yeah. What was the statement? People spend use? more time updating their phones. Updating than their, their phones,
2: not their minds. Yeah, I think that updating the mind is an important part, but you've then got to be able to sort of download that into the heart yep. and start to actually, you know, take it and do it. And people need to be gentle with themselves. I, I don't preach anything in a way to make people feel pressured. It's just about getting things moving. I say to people at first, you know, like just, just have a little critical evaluation of you and do nothing with it. You know, I don't want you to make a change for the next week I just want you to sit with it I just want you to take it to the pit of your stomach and just leave it there and what I want you to do then is then I want you to actually start grounding yourself working on those lower chakras rather than the upper ones mm-hmm. fuck the mind for a while now you know go and get yourself grounded go go and walk barefoot in the grass go and walk on the beach watch yourself walk go and garden go and get creative go and do you know music or art or do things that get you out of your head and bring you back into your body because too many people are up in their own heads mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a very, very bad place to be if the wrong stuff's up there, all right? Because they're just around, 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 around. So uh, while I agree with you guys, for me, it's about like plant the seed in the mind, take it for what it is, let the information from that podcast or, or that book, whatever you do, just sit with you. And then actually get out of your head then because things can't actually flow. You can't get into flow by trying to manhandle a concept. You've got to actually be able to just let it be and observe that in your life. And then start to pick yourself up when you see the opposite happening. So if you're you know, listening to something on the mind and belief systems or whatever and then you continually have thoughts and feelings that are implying the opposite, if you walk past a mirror and see a picture of yourself and you go oh fuck look at my ass in these jeans for instance well they would be like ah there I go again yeah. so you want to start to have um, you know a conscious awareness and this is the drama most people are <laughs> what we refer to as unconsciously incompetent mm-hmm. they don't fucking know there's a problem so mm-hmm. the great thing is is that when you become consciously incompetent you go ah oh, hang on I'm fucking it up all the time excellent you know, you're now 25% up the ladder to becoming unconsciously competent. So you've got to be able to get to that point where now you can go, okay, I've seen it enough times, I'm seeing this as enough of a problem for me that now I can start to apply the information that I've learned to get to the point now where I can do it the right way rather than doing it the wrong way. But at first, because it's overwhelming for a lot of people, the overwhelm, you can lose them straight away. So at first, it's like, just have awareness. Just bring it up into your conscious mind, have awareness of it. Do some of the right learning. Let the seed get planted. Observe it in your life, either the positive or the negative, just for what it is. Allow yourself to get back into some of those grounding movements. Get creative, get physical, get out of your head and into your body a little bit. Be very surprised what happens when you shut your mind down. You know, It's like Henry Ford's got a famous saying. This was you know, pre-cars, even though he's famous for them. But he's got a famous saying that said, um, I still remember the fork in the road where the... I'm gonna fuck this right up, I don't know. <laughs> but it was—it's it, not—it's not completely quote unquote. But it was like I still remember the fork in the road where the question I'd pondered for months just was presented to me. There <laughs> so was cruising along in a horse and carriage at this point, and it was like, boom! There's the answer to a problem that I've been trying to solve for three months. But you didn't obsess on it, Miles. Do you know what I mean? The seed was planted. He was like, I'd really like a way to do this better or work that out or whatever it might be. And bang, there it was. But it happened in silence. It happened when he was still. It happened when he allowed himself to have that time. People need to take time. So I guess, you know, if, if I can impart knowledge for people, you say, what do people do today to start to make a shift? Give yourself some space, Mm -hmm. give yourself the time, read the book, but then allow yourself
1: to sit for 10 minutes. Once you've read that chapter one and just let it sit. Sure. Another thing you were talking about was getting moving. And I think that that's a really important concept to take on board with this as well, because when you get moving and you start taking actions, even if it's you don't really know exactly what the end point is, but at least you are moving, you're taking actions, Mm. you'll have little successes. Of course, there'll be little failures there as well, but you learn from them and you have little successes and then your confidence gets better and then you start understanding what direction you want to go from that point and then you have another little win and then you'll start to mold your path. And that's something that I find um, I, I gravitate Naturally, to people like that, Cell's a perfect example. All the people we get in this podcast are a perfect example. They're action people. We talk about action people. And I think it's it's actually a scary label because people are like, oh, I don't know if I'm an action person. Everyone is an action person. Mm-hmm. But the thing about this agency, here, as a little story, I was convinced that I wouldn't have a partner in this agency. I was like, I don't know anyone that, acts as much as I do or puts in as much work as I do so this just isn't going to work if if I've got a partner that isn't, you know, performing yeah, like, yeah. we're just going to have issues um, and it wasn't until How obviously, a,
2: How's that for perfectionist? Yeah, man, it, it, yeah,
1: you're right and I'm learning more about myself each and every day as well but um, then Sel comes along and it's just this dude that's just gunning he's just running and he's just picking things up and and just taking action after action and I was like Man, we can relate, Mm. and it just so happens that we merged, and you know now we're obviously business partners in this agency and other things. And you know how how great it is that we're just taking actions and having these wins, and then getting confidence and our self esteem's building. We're Mm. understanding where the the direction of our lives are going, and all these sorts of things. So a lot of the time, Sel and I talk about just just take those little steps, those first little steps. It doesn't have to be that big leap. I know that you want to buy that house. I know that you want to start that business or get that money or something like that, but it's all about the in-between. Take, yeah. Start Just start taking those little steps, start having those little wins and start applauding yourself and patting yourself on the back because that's what's going to start to build that confidence. It's also going to build that self-awareness because you're going to know how resilient you are when you do have those failures and that you're going to know when you pick yourself back up and keep going, your confidence grows. and It's like a skill.
0: 100. percent. It's kind of like um, there's some stuff that I've had happen where some people go, oh, when the restaurant opened, that must have been the best. Like that was your biggest moment and you would have been so happy. And then there was when you started the agency or maybe whatever it may be, or you got to play NRL or whatever it is. And the funny thing is I remember all them and I I often think that was they were great moments. But some of the best moments are the ones where, I'll literally be sitting there, as you said, and I haven't been able to solve this code. It can be the simplest thing ever. And all of a sudden, something will click and you'll go, finally, that makes sense to me. And and I'm, I'm talking like stuff I'll be thinking back to like when I was in grade 10. And I'll be just going, man, I could never, ever work that out. Like I could never work out why this operated the way it did or why me personally, I felt internally looking at myself, like why do I harbor this? bad energy towards this and all of a sudden something will happen I'll go well that was why and now I can let that go and that can feel just as as good as winning a a match of footy or doing something awesome it can be something as simple as something clicking in jujitsu yeah it can be it can be the simple things it can be something like you're down on a beach and you're able to do something that you've always wanted to do you've just never had the time you've been pining away at it pining away at it and then all of a sudden to me, it was like about two Sundays ago where for the first time I had both kids, Jen, and everyone was able to eat food without the phone going off, without there needing to be some type of urgent issue to have to go and attend to, whether it be something here or whatever it was, everyone was able to just sit. That like that, to me was one of the best moments I've had yeah, in forever. For sure. and, and you wouldn't even realize it until you... Like you said, you actually find time to be able to sit, enjoy. But you know, that, you you made isn't that the beautiful? Time. That, you made the isn't time. that
2: beautiful yeah. that, that it was such a simple moment—the misses, the kids, yeah. doing nothing. You know, you 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 weren't at the Super Bowl. No, do you know what I mean? And that's the stuff you remember. And it's like you know, I say to people all the time: you know, when you're laid on your deathbed and you're laying there and you're having, you know, if if you're lucky enough to have the time to have a bit of a sniff back on your old life, you're not going to think about the Porsche you drove or the waterfront property you own you know it's going to be these times it's going to be that interpersonal relationships it's going to be connections with people it's going to be the cool holiday you had you know with your kids snorkeling or whatever it might be and and you know what like yeah you need money and you need success in your life to make these things happen so i'm, I'm a realist about it all but you know it's about it really looking around you and saying does all this fill my cup up i refer to a lot of the time as energy i say to people you've got you know you've got a, a two balls of energy. You've got a positive ball of energy and a negative ball of energy. It's so way to ask yourself, which ball's bigger? You know, because your positive ball of energy you know, that might sit on your right-hand side needs to be bigger than the negative ball of energy on your left-hand side. But for a lot of the people, they'll go, well, no, I, you know, I don't have a positive ball of energy. It's all negative. I say to people all the time, when did you last have fun? Do you know how many times people can't answer that? Mm-hmm. So they, they look up to the left like they're creative, looking for a creative answer. I don't know. <laughs> when did you last have fun? Oh, what do you mean? What do you fucking mean what do I mean yeah. like, When'd you last do something that blew your skirt up When'd you last like fucking have a when'd you last have a, a laugh with your buddies when'd you last watch you know watch the footy and have a few beers with your mates and just talk shit and you know pay out on each other When'd you last go and do something cool Do you know what I mean uh, And then I'll, I'll bring it back to me You're like I've done cool things now. I've just done jiu-jitsu with you guys at 5 a.m., which I regret, by the way, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, but it was cool. I'm doing a podcast now, you know, before 8 a.m., which is cool. I'll go and hang out with my kids all day. I'll have a fun day today. But every single night, I reflect on that. Every night at 9 to 9.30, I go for a walk, and I always reflect on my day. And I ask myself, you know, how was today for you? Seriously, I talk to myself. How was today for you? I call it an emotional check-in. And I'll just go over that day, you know. And if my day's full of gratitude and excitement and happiness and that kind of stuff, well, that's cool. I'll reflect on that. If the day was shit and you know disappointing or upsetting or whatever it might be, that's fine. I'll reflect on that as well, and I'll release and move forward. Tomorrow's a new day. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you know, we 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 need to be able to go to those spots, and it brings me great pleasure that he saw that 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 was a highlight for you.
0: Yeah, man, yeah. and it's to be honest, I one thing in miles is the same we've had to had to recognize this. All those things that you were talking about, like I I don't hold many regrets. Like I'm not a person that sits back and regrets things, but I do know when I've fucked up and I do know when I need to make amends for <laughs> things. And I, I know hand on heart that during that, with my first child, Ellis, I wasn't there enough. Yeah. Even when I was there, I wasn't there properly because my, my brain was just frying. I had too many things on the go and... As soon as I recognize, that, I said, "I cannot make that same mistake again." Yeah, and and that goes with anything that can be, and that can be for your wife, that can be for your best friend, that can even be for someone you don't even like. Yeah. If, if you feel something, and you you know, like when, when you look in the mirror, you know certain things about yourself. And you, 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 you <laughs> you're the to,
2: only person you can't bullshit. right? Exactly,
0: and you need to check in with yourself. You need yeah. to say straight up, "I fucked up." Yeah. like, and if you can own that and say, "But I'm not going to make that same fuck up," it can be it can be anything then you can move forward. Yeah. Like, I, I can't I can't go back and change those. And to be honest, for those things... What would like, you want to? It, this is adaptability yeah. though, exactly. right? It's the key to success. Yeah.
2: You know what I mean? Like, no one gets it right the first time. No. Anyone thinks that you just cruise through life smoothly is, you know, grossly misled. But, you know, tell me tell me this though, and I don't know the answer, yeah. so I'm going to ask you, when, when you sat back and said, well, you know, when we had Ellis, I wasn't around enough, I was opening a biscuit and doing all these things and cocoa whipping all the good shit you've achieved... When you've now taken responsibility and gone, well, fuck, I'm not going to do that again. I'm going to change this now with Kingston and I'm going to change things. I bet you anything, but you can tell me if I'm wrong. I bet you anything you gain the
0: respect of Jen. I believe so. I mean, to to a certain extent, it's also hard for, say, your partner and they'll see you there and They're supposed to know you. Everyone says, oh, their partner knows you better than you know yourself. And I always say that is definitely not true. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I know myself better than I know Anyway. like I yeah. I, I just you do should. You, you should you've you've lived in well I've lived in this body in this head for 32 years and there's certain times that like you can pull the wool over people's eyes where you can be there and not be there and time kind mm-hmm. of in and out where although I was doing my very best there was clear periods in my head that I remember that I really should have been more present I may have been there but I needed to be more present in the moment yeah um, that she may not recognize I think now looking back at it, when and um, Kingston's only three weeks old, but she'll probably see in the next year yeah, the and time that comes. Yeah, time that comes. That oh, that's probably what it should have been like. Probably wouldn't know now because it was our first. Yeah. Same thing could be said with her and your wife and and anyone that's gone through it. The first time you it's do any shock in it exactly. The first time you do anything, starting a business, um, doing a new sport. Everything just moves so quickly and everything's, it's the first time. So you're just trying to gain your bearings um, mm. before you know it, it's gone. And you're like, well, I actually should have been doing this. And I've learned from that experience. So now the next time I do it, I hope I can be better. Mm. And that's, that's pretty much everything with life. You just want to get better each time. Mm. Every, every time you do, the next, the next time you step up to whatever it may be, you hope you're a little bit better.
2: It's an important sentiment. You know, and that, that's our goal orientation yeah. as people, isn't it? Just to improve through our lives, to, to become um, what I would refer to as evolved. Just to evolve and transcend and, um, you know, get better.
1: Well, guys, it was some seriously epic, epic conversation. Um, really sad to, to, to actually wrap this up. Um, but um, Shannon, one thing that we ask our guests um, to, to say at the end of it, each podcast is give a little piece of advice or a quote or something that's really resonated or helped you in life that you can share with our viewers and that they can take away themselves and um, action in their own life. So this is when you put me on the spot. Yes, yeah? exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, if, if I had to give something uh, and it's in line with the way you guys have taken this episode today, it reminds me of a quote from uh, Carolyn Miss M Y F. If anyone wants to look her up, and she's got a quote, and I'll cock this up just like I did the Henry Ford one, but she she says something very pertinent, and it's so pertinent to me that I've put it on my on my desktop on like the screensaver because I like it so much, and it says words to the effect of that that you can't address a physical condition that was designed to inspire a shift in your uh, unconscious or spiritual self until that shift has occurred, you know? So, uh, and and she says it in a really nice way and she obviously had time to think about it and put it on paper. But um, I I think that, that that's an important one, you know, that you've got to look at what your body's trying to communicate. To you if you are in a state of imbalance at the moment you need to take responsibility for the fact that that imbalance is you you have created that imbalance you know mm-hmm. how amazing of you you know and then it's about looking at what that in Im- what that imbalance now what the opportunity is with that imbalance for you to grow and become a better version of yourself and that means um, diving deep you know, and looking at, okay, well, where's my fulfilment and, and, and where am I at in my life and, uh, you know, what do I need to change and really looking at that, not not with the year but. You know, I can't tell me many women are like, oh, no, no, my husband and I, look, we're going to stay together until our youngest finishes year 12. It's like, fuck, you serious? You, your kid's seven. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're going to be fucking miserable for the next 10 years. Are you serious? Do you think that saving your child uh, in that way is helping them? that child's going to grow up in a loveless environment. You know what I mean? Kids need to see mum and dad being mum and dad and smacking bums and holding hands and you know what I mean? Like being interactive. You're you're going to teach your child how a man interacts with a woman and a woman with a man. So um, a lot of people put their lives on hold in that way, you know? And uh, if you continue to do that, you will find that something will knock on your door and generally it's physical because until it's physical, people won't have a deep enough look at themselves. So I love physical disease for people because it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to go, "Uh well, what I've been doing hasn't working. You know, I've got to do something different. So I guess that's my kicker and that would be what I would finish with. If what you're doing right now isn't working, if your body's communicating to you or your mind or your spirit is communicating to you that what I'm doing right now is not working, you need to start to look at doing it differently. Doesn't mean you're going to get it right. As Sel just said, hey, I didn't spend enough time with Ellis when he was a kid. I'm going to work to make that better with Kingston now. The fact is he's, he's going to make a shift and he will know whether or not that balance is right in three or four weeks or three or four months it's like diets you know if I make it a physical um a physical sort of viewpoint people will get me to construct dietary protocols for them for you know muscle gain fat loss whatever it might be Um, you know um, disease control whatever and uh they'll start the diet and they'll go right when when, what do I do how long do I do it for and when when do I kick it everyone wants to know the outcome you know like how long is this going to take you know And like I say to everyone, look, I'll talk to you in three to four weeks. Three weeks is sort of my magic time. You know, I I can't really look at uh, what the effect of any dietary shift has been until it's been three weeks. So don't fucking email me every day. Don't whinge and bitch about it. Just do it for three weeks. And then we'll look at once again what the observable outcome is. And then we'll know what we need to do at that point to shift it again. Sometimes people will come back. They've dropped five kilos. You know, they've put on half half a kilo or something of muscle. They're feeling good. They're loving it. Wow, my energy is good in the morning and recovering better than before excellent we got it right first go (laughs) keep doing that you know other times not so much Do you know what i mean and it's like, it's okay it's not failure it's just well this is my job now to tweak it um i say to people all the time you know like my job is to form a relationship with your body you and i are forming an intimate relationship together now the problem is i don't know all the metabolic discrepancies of your body at this point and it's going to take me time to work that out because all bodies are different so i will you know create a protocol which might be grand perfect um but might not be exactly what their physiology requires based upon, you know, carb, fat adaption, whatever it might be. And I will know in three weeks what I need to do based upon how your body adapts to it now. So I will adapt, 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 adapt. It might take two sessions, three sessions, one session, and we're gonna get where we need to go. So just like a diet, learn to adapt. You know, give it three or four weeks, make the shift, adapt. Be sensitive to the message your body gives you. When you're silent, when you're still, you would be very surprised how these messages just settle. It might be in a thought, it might be in a feeling, it might be in a, you know, you're, you're in the um, the aisle at Coles and you look on the No Idea magazine cover and like, bang, something just hits you. There's a quote, there's a saying, there's something. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden it becomes um, too much that can be coincidental. It's almost like a synchronicity now, you know, and it's almost like the world's speaking to us and we take that and we obviously identify with it and we make the necessary change to make our life fun and exciting that's what we need to work work towards we need to be you know happy in our life we need to suck the marrow from it have a good time here exert ourselves within it you know be be grateful for what we've got um you know interact nicely with people be grateful for those interactions and um you know if it's not making you feel good do it a different way
1: love it thanks so much for sharing your time with us this morning man. pleasure
2: appreciate it